Hi, I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DVD Clutter. Welcome to DVD Clutter. Welcome back to DVD Clutter, hopefully. Yes. You're a returning customer. Or, if it's your first time, welcome. That's it. Odd episode to tune in on. Very odd. Saw Bubble Boy in the description and went, Oh my god, that's my favourite. <laughs> Don't know if there's been many podcasts done about Bubble Boy, to be honest. So. Look, I haven't searched it up. Um, so maybe it is all the Bubble Boy fans. <laughs> They're like, finally. Jumping in. Finally. But just in case it is your first time listening, um, let's run through what we do on this show. It is a show that very cleverly melds together DVDs and decluttering. <laughs> yeah. uh, where we go through our DVD collection... Pick out a film, yep. rewatch it, yep. recontextualize it in our lives at the moment. That's right. And then decide whether to keep it, yep. donate it to an op shop, yep. or burst its bubble and yeah. throw it away. <laughs> burst its bubble and allow all the immunities. It's slow and down. No, I've got nothing. No, it's all right. It's not, I was trying to think of anything that was sort of like killed in this movie, but it, luckily that there's cow. not a lot of death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or run it over <laughs> in a series of semi-comical ways. Semi-comical? <laughs> not comical. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. Okay. So, yeah. We are talking about Bubble Boy. You read it in the description. We've That's already right. talked about it. It's the 2001 film. Yep. Star. Black comedy. Black, I know. It's weird how it's listed as it's that. It's listed as it? a black comedy. I was like, seriously? Yeah. Go watch The Mule. That's it. And then no, no, you'll that, know what a black comedy that is. That is a black comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Another film about isolation, you know? Exactly. That's, it. That's true. I love these connections. Um, so this is one of your films, Paul. It is one of my films. And traditionally, we start off the podcast with me talking about how this film came into my life. Yes. Now, I've got vague memories of this movie. Okay. So you have watched it before. Yeah, 100%. Just, it's just that the sticker on the front cover says Leading Edge 995. So I thought you might have just picked it up randomly yeah. without thinking about it. Well, I think I kind of did. Because I've got split memories of this one. So... I remember watching it like a 12, 13-year-old at sleepovers. Oh, yeah. And I remember we used to hire the copy from Blockbuster. Yeah. And there was a chunk in it that had been scratched, so we just skipped over every oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. 100%. Did you get to watch it this time? And you were like, oh, yeah. that's what happens. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's it. But I didn't realize at the time watching it as a 12 or 13 or 14 or... Oh, no, I'm trying to... It would have been like year nine, actually. So yeah. how old are you then? 15. Yeah. 15. So the, the kids I was hanging out with them... To, yeah, yeah, would have been about that time. I, but I didn't realise back then how short the film was. And this DVD skip from the blockbuster was actually a big chunk. It was from, and you'll hear later in the plot, the section where he's in the taxi cab to the section where he's in an airplane. Yep. That's and that's ages. a substantial part of the story. <laughs> so we would have probably only been watching about 60 minutes of whatever this was. Yes. Because um, the best thing about this film is it goes for 80 minutes. That's it. It's quite short. <laughs> I mean, that might have given away some of my opinion on the film, but... Yeah, so look, and then I guess we kind of got over it, and then I saw it at a Leading Edge. So Leading Edge was an old media retailer that got usurped by... Surely we all know what Leading Edge yeah, is, right? hopefully. At least or are in we the hitting country. the youth market? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw it cheap there, and by that stage of my life, I got on to sort of getting into film yep. more. And I bought it, and I don't think I actually watched the film, but I definitely remember watching the special features. Why? Well, I, I was just really into what was behind it. And oddly enough, this film, out of whatever other films, has a director's diary and gives sort of the director's insight to what it's like to be a director on a film. Yes. And it's just... And I, I assume you didn't watch the movie? I did not. No. I looked at them and I was like... 
I don't know. I'm just not interested. The director's diary is just worth a listen <laughs> because it opens with this absolute perler with the director going, you come out of film school <laughs> and you imagine you're going to be directing Citizen Kane 2 and oh. you end up on Bubble Boy. <laughs> so, oh my God. That is the, I think that is the best way to describe this film. Mm. Like, it's not a film of anybody's passion. No. <laughs> Except, well, and we'll get to this later, because I okay. do want to talk about the writers and okay. how they were a bit hard done by by what oh. got produced and oh. how they were, um, I guess, vindicated later. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right. So I'm a bit interested. of a sting for later in the episode. Ooh. It's, a, it's a new feature. <laughs> Paul stings. <laughs> or stinks? Paul stings, that's it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But that's just about the um, the height of the comedy that you expect from this film, right? That's about it. Um, <laughs> the level of comedic yes. intelligence. Yes, something that would appeal to a fourteen-year-old. But then, yeah, as I said, the DVD didn't actually come into my life too much later. Yeah. For semi-nostalgia and semi, why is there a director's diary on this film? Oh, really? Do you reckon you looked at it? You looked at the special features before you bought it, probably. I think I saw it was cheap. Yeah. I had nostalgia. Yeah. And also, I was like, wow, it's got quite a few special features because special features were starting to roll out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More and more, we yeah. weren't at like those big box sets yeah. where you got like. 50 hours. Extra DVDs, yeah. yeah. But we're getting past just having the theatrical trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I guess I'll break down the plot. Sure. Have you got four minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I just read it off the back? Might as well. All right, so essentially there's this guy. His name is Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And he's born with uh, no immunities, as he puts it. Yeah. Um, so he's he kind of grows up in a bubble. He lives in this like in a literal bubble. Oh yeah, in not... a literal bubble. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. He grows up in a literal bubble. He's like his whole room is encased in plastic so that no germs get in. Um, he gets fed through like a decontamination chamber, and you know there's these plastic glove things so his mum can like read him good night and cu- give him a cuddle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so he grows up like that. When he's a teenager, he the mum is like very overbearing very super conservative very conservative lots of just conservative and racist and yeah. terrible the worst kind of conservative the we're worst. Ta- we're talking dozen level conservative yes exactly <laughs> yes when he gets to a teenage years he looks out of his window and who does he see the beautiful girl next door yeah oh did we mention jimmy's played by jake gillenhall oh yeah that's right the gorgeous known for comedy no <laughs> <laughs> The gorgeous, oh, Nightcrawler, uh, what a laugh. What a laugh that <laughs> film is. The gorgeous Jake Gyllenhaal plays Jimmy. Which, like, he's just so unrecognisable in this film. Yeah, yeah, he is. You're like, why are you, why? Mm. But we'll get to the why later. Um, anyway, so Jimmy is stuck in his bubble. He sees this beautiful girl next door. He obviously falls in love with her on sight. Like, he's got a major crush on her. Yep. But what can he do? But... She's really nice and she comes over one day and they become really good friends. You know, they watch TV together, they hang out, he teaches her to play the guitar. Um, they love the show Land of the Lost. They love the show Land of the Lost. To, um, they watch that together and it's great. Yeah. One day she comes over as her birthday party and she's really drunk and she wants to get in the bubble and... Jimmy says no. Jimmy says no. But she wants to get in the bubble because she's got, she's got feels. She's got the feels. Yeah. Yeah. But Jimmy's like, no, no, I'll die, etc., etc. She like crawls in, tries to crawl in anyway, but then passes out because she's drunk. So that was like the first kind of inkling of romance that we have between them. Mm. Except that he's in love with her, obviously. Then, you know, the years pass by. Well, you see, she gets to grow up because she's living outside the bubble. But Jimmy, because he's so controlled by the bubble and his parents, he yep. sort of remains in this perpetual childlike state. state. Yes. So he's essentially talks like a child, acts like a child. 
and we'll talk about that later as well because yeah. ugh, so weird um anyway so she goes up eventually she's like got this boyfriend um he wants to have sex she doesn't want to have sex until yeah. she gets married so what's the boyfriend's what does he name do? again something pops the question um i don't know something really like chad or yeah <laughs> yeah mike or yeah let's say it's chad yeah. <laughs> i don't think it is <laughs> So Chad pops the question because he wants to get in their pants. Yeah. They decide for some reason to get married at Niagara Falls. Yeah. I have no idea why. Which then in... <laughs> did you notice that at one stage when Jimmy's talking about it, he says New York instead of Niagara Falls. But he means the state of New York. Oh, I thought they'd just been like, <laughs> fuck it. Some different draft of the script had gone through. Because <laughs> Niagara Falls is in the state of New York, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Hey, if you've got if you've got issues, email us. <laughs> Send us a map of the, the passion United we States. have for this film. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming he means the state. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I don't know where they are though. They're somewhere down south, more south. Yeah, well, you mid, go through all these different Midwest. American states, and I thought while I was watching it this time, I was like, man, if I had any idea of American geography, this would kind of make more sense. Yeah, but just like, yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, they have to go through Las Vegas to get yeah. to Niagara Falls. Fine. Yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> anyway, so he, when he realizes, when he hears that they're getting married, he's really sad. Obviously, he acts like a child about it because she tells him. Um, and then he later decides that he's going to go and find her. So he constructs a portable bubble to, so he can go on a journey and try and interrupt the wedding. Tell Chloe, that's her name, tell Chloe how he feels and, uh, hopefully fall in love mm. with her and get the girl. That is essentially it. That's yeah. the plot. Uh, and along his way, he meets a crazy cast of characters, yeah, including, right. a, including a cult. A that, cult who thinks that he's the Messiah. Yep. Um, um an Indian also, fella. Sorry for doing this to you, but this is two films in a row that have got Fabio in it that I've introduced. Who's Fabio? The model, the like the world's most famous male model. He was in Zoolander. He was in this. Oh. He won the model slash actor. Oh. And then in this one, he was the <laughs> cult leader. So true. I know it's some sort of weird doorway into my psyche. Oh my god! Is <laughs> he like secretly films. in all of your films? Maybe he's just a cameo in each and every yeah. one. Wow! Um, I thought he looked familiar. But anyway, there's the cult. Um, there's uh, a bikey gang led by Danny Trejo. Yeah, which I was like, I mean, I did have the feel. It, I was like, he's beyond this film. But then I was like, well, well, his mum's played by um, Susie Kurtz, who's like a Tony Award-winning stage actress. Really, does like quality shit. Like the fact that she turned up here is just. There's a couple of those because obviously Jake Gyllenhaal, you're like, yeah, why? Which makes sense because he like he looks like early, he's 16 exactly, in this. Exactly, so that's just, right. Yeah, but um, the father as well is played by John Carroll Lynch, who was in Zodiac as the suspected Zodiac killer. Have you seen Zodiac? Uh, no, um, but he's also in Fargo, right? Yeah, he's also yeah. in Fargo. He's in like he's in Fargo. He's in Zodiac. He's in. Um, the founder, the um, oh wow, yeah, he is. He plays one of the, the one of the co-founders, McDonald's, McDonald's brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so again, I guess maybe early. And and Zach Galifianakis. Oh yeah, he turns up as the bus. Like, <laughs> there's there's a lot of like a lot of talent poured into barely eighty minutes of slop. Not to give away my. Right, <laughs> we obviously um, love this. But film. we've got the cult leaders. We've got the bikies. And we've, we've got the Indian fella. Yeah, uh, who, the Indian curry ice cream maker. Yeah. And then the freak show. The freak show. Yeah. yeah. So the traveling freak show. Yeah. And they all want a piece of Bubble Boy. Yeah. As he's known. Yeah, so they like, you know, either alternatively help him on his way <laughs> and then also get in his way. The, the two old guys that run the, 
yeah, taxi uh, and the plane. Pippi and Peppy or something. And, Peppy. <laughs> yeah. and then randomly for half a second that I had no memory of, that weird Asian businessman strip center oh, yeah. thing that lasts Oh, that for... is problematic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. But it, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and they all turn up at the wedding at the end. Uh, yeah. Because so obviously he, oh, he yeah, gets right to the end. ending. Yeah, yeah he, gets, he gets to the wedding. He makes it just in time as she's just about to say, I do. She looks very um, hesitant. She obviously doesn't want to marry this guy. Mark. I found out his oh, name. Oh, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Your dad's name. Yeah. You're like, Chad. <laughs> Is that how you think of your dad as well? Well, no. Too American. (laughs) Obviously, I just, you know, didn't want to put my dad's name in the mix for this character. Okay. So evil. (laughs) Is he evil? He's just a douchebag. Oh, he's pretty evil. Like, he throws off Jimmy right at the end. I mean, is that evil, though, or is that just... He's a douchebag. Yeah, he's he's not evil. Yeah. He's not smart enough to be called evil. That's it, yeah. Um, Anyway, so, Bubba Boy, Jimmy makes it to the wedding, tells Chloe that... He loves her, um, gets out of his suit, risking his life, because mm-hmm. he says in the most heartwarming line of the film that he would rather die and hold her in his arms one day yeah. than live forever wishing that he'd done it. Yeah. And then he does. He holds her in his arms, and then he He collapses. lies down and dies. Until. His mum comes in. And his dad's like, you have to tell him. You have to tell him. And then it turns out, surprise, surprise. Yeah. He does have immunity. Which I do love. I do love that moment where she goes. The mum goes, "Jimmy, wake up! You're not dead." Yeah, he's like, "I'm not." I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that is an interesting look into the placebo effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like how, how the strength of the mind. That's it. He's so, like, he's ready to die. He's yeah. like, I'm dead. I'm dead now. Yeah. But it turns out actually he developed all of this immunity at age four. Yep. When he came back from the hospital. When he came back from the hospital. When they released him from the hospital. And now... And his mum just didn't wanted to keep him. Yeah. She was like, the world is dirty. Yeah. Da, 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 da. You have to stay. She's all Bible loving, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's like, wake up, Jimmy. You're not dead. And everyone lives happily ever after. Also turns out... Yeah. She's the long lost girlfriend... Of the bikey. Of the bike. The lead of the bikey gang. Wildfire. Bikey. <laughs> That's right. He called her. In a weird kind of way. Which again... Yeah. I'll get into my review. Well, yeah. Should I get into my review now? Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Uh, it uses the Blink One Eight Blink One Eighty Two song. This is growing up. Like, oh, it does a way lot. too much. Every Just second. every time. Yeah, be like, I get it. I know. It's about growing up. <laughs> I gave shit to Garden State covering intrusive soundtrack, but at least they varied the song. <laughs> this one is it all the time. It's um, it's sending a message. That's it. Yeah. Um, look, my review, yeah, this film's trash. Oh. <laughs> let's let's yeah. not worry too much about anything beyond that. It has a, um, a Rotten Tomatoes rating of, I think, 30%. Yeah. Which I was like, yes. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes, up and down. That's but, it. Uh, but yes. I think it, it bangs the nail on the head there. And it's just so obvious that this was a film by committee. What does that mean? So, it, it wasn't, there was no clear driver. You've got a director oh, who's been yes. chucked on it to yes. direct. Yeah. Uh, writers that came out of it thinking that their script had been completely changed. Decimated, yeah. Um, and then you've got a huge, like this is Disney through yep. Touchstone, had, who had jumped on and clearly wanted... Fucking Disney, yeah, man. Wanted to get onto the teen market. And you can you can almost pick up the remnants of different parts of different iterations of the script. Yeah. Because they would have actually moved around for location shooting. And yeah. then you can just see that it would have been, okay, guys, now we're changing this. Or, you know, now we're yep. going to chuck in a strip scene. Yeah. Because, yep. like, it was... There is no consistency or vision driving it. No. 
uh, apart from the fact that a lot of work was clearly put into the practical effects of the bubble, which yeah. again seems like more money than sense yeah. going floating around it is on, inc- on the set. Incredibly forgettable. Yeah, that's just it. Did yeah, yeah. And look, there's reading some of the, from of the reviews from the time. It was offensive back then, as it is offensive now. <laughs> yeah. uh, is it the most offensive thing we've watched on this podcast? No. no. And I put that down to one thing, and we'll get into this conversation a bit later once I get your review, which I'm sure is going to completely contradict mine. Um, the <laughs> My good new f- favourite film. The thing that keeps it going, and I imagine this comes from the original script, is because of Jimmy's sort of innocence and willingness to just be nice. His, his niceness, I think, makes it through. Where if you look at something, same genre as Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah. Um, in fact, I used to think of this film... Dude, Where's My Car? and Joe Dirt as a trio of shitty remakes of good films. Oh, yes. And I saw Dude, Where's My Car? as Memento. <laughs> Joe Dirt as Forrest Gump. And this one is Edward Scissorhands. Oh, I get you know? it. That's great. Um, but same genre. But there you had Jesse and Chester who were just assholes. Yeah. Whereas here Jimmy's actually got kindness and what he's doing he is does. helpful. It's just... But, like, I... Anyway, your review. (laughs) I'm a bit shocked that I'm about to say this, but Dude Where's My Car seemed to be a little bit more coherent. Not that it was coherent, but like higher quality. Not that it was higher quality. Again, Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I do. And I honestly think as much as you don't want to give Dude Where's My Car any credit credit for having vision. No. um, Even from, and listen back to our Dude Where's Our Car episode if you need more insight into that film. Into but what even, we think of that film, yeah. especially. Even the opening of that film where they have the dream sequence that yes. sums up, yeah. which is probably the best part of yeah. that film, it demonstrates that they've got some idea of coherency. Yes. Whereas this one, yeah, as I said, I feel like they would have got to set every day and gone, oh, cool, now we're doing this. Yep. <laughs> or that um, didn't happen. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I totally agree with your, uh, your take on the film. Yeah. I think it's so forgettable. I'd never heard of it before. Mm. I don't think it was very well received when it was released. No. Like, Dude, Where's My Car was... At least made box office money. This, I think, because it was a halfway house in that it never never decided what it was. Yeah. It couldn't appeal to anyone. Yeah. Um, Didn't make any money. It was forgotten. Yeah. And, like, I was just watching it and I was just going, like, why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why and who for? Why was this film made? Yeah. There's no, like you say, there's no clear direction. There's no, we talk so much about a lot of the films that we've looked at have been real passion projects of people. And you can see the passion, you can feel the passion and the energy of the film. It comes through in the production of the film. This just felt utterly flat. Uh Like, and that's that quote from the director, which, (laughs) can you just say that again for me? It was the one, it was like, you think you're going to make Citizen Kane 2 and you end up on bubble boy yeah so like if you have that from the director who's meant to be the you know the the visionary the creative lead on this film if that's what they're thinking i mean what hope do you have yeah and it just felt like that it totally felt like that just like there was no no well, passion no drive yeah this the some of the performances are fine like jake Hall. i was when he first comes on screen i was like whoa this is like him like i've never seen him before mm-hmm. which was interesting actually mm. because that's that's what you sometimes it's good to see some range in an actor and you know you know he can do this kind of innocent um yeah. boy oh you know he 100 percent commits to the oh, role yeah. yes he does um, yeah as much as he can yeah yeah so yeah that's not the problem the problem is the storyline and the 
everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, look, I might try and answer some of your questions by talking about the writing of this film. Please do. A little bit. So, uh, it was written by Cinco Paul and Ken Jiriro, who, the rest of their credits, you won't be surprised to hear, are all children's films. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. So, they uh, did all the Despicable Me movies. Yep. They did um, a lot of Dr. Zeus, yep. Dr. Dr. Zeus, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Zeus adaptations. Yep. So, Horton Hears a Who, The Lorax, and others. And they also did, like, Christmas movies, like The Santa Claus 2 and such. So, they're very much children's film writers. Yeah. Because that that is to- that's, makes so much sense. And what you've got here is, yeah, a kid's film that was tried to turn into, like, a, a teen, a, film. A teen t- 12, 13-year-old boys. Yes. Film. Yeah, because it's rated M15 plus, and I, like, it should it need be? To be? No, like, I don't think it needed to be, but I bet they were arguing for that rating. Yeah, well, you, well, and in the states, it would have been to get the PG13 exactly, instead to get of the PG just a PG rating. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, that the writers so much yeah. and the writers were pretty pissed off with the end product with that the came final out film, of it. Yeah, and there are moments in the script that I think you really see that children's movie shining through, or at least the message that the writers were going for originally. Yeah. Uh, the clearest examples, I think, are the first time that he meets um, the Indian ice cream salesman. Yep. Who is getting horrendously bullied. bullied. Yep. In a, um, I guess, a redneck, redneck diner, diner for, yeah. for looking different. Different. Yep. Uh, and Jimmy sort of comes up and said, you know, it's okay to be different and yeah. <laughs> everything like that. Yeah, don't, yeah, stop yeah. picking on him, blah, blah, blah. That's it. Without even thinking of his own safety. No, yeah, that's just it. So that message. And then later on when Jimmy's been caught by his parents yep. and his dad says quite a nice speech of oh look the the moon's out you can see the moon today yeah imagine if uh neil armstrong had gone to the moon and then never not, walked never walked on it yeah it got it really all the way not, yeah. to the moon and never walked on it and i think they're probably as close a glimpse to the original script as you get yeah also i think you see it a little bit when he comes across the freak show yep which i think in the script would have been a really nice thing about accepting people and not not shaming people for being freaks but yeah. just gets completely demolished oh by Terrible. offensive jokes yeah yeah um so the two writers right pissed off at how the movie went down yeah. later on adapted their original script when, oh. uh, when it came available i guess out of copyright yeah. to a musical oh oh so the original one because i was reading about the musical yeah and that's what they that's closer to what they wanted they wrote it and oh. the musical uh got very favorable favorable reviews oh. um was also i think helped developed by another arm of disney anyway so they're still right. always <laughs> keeping involved um but very much sold that message of everyone sort of has their own bubble to live with and yep. a message of acceptance yep, yep, that yep. i think is what they wanted to get through but missed the mark in this movie <laughs> got completely overshadowed i said probably by producers that yep. are coming in and going we want to sell this to 14 year old boys yep. can we make some references to boobs and farts yeah they've looked at what i mean i wonder what was popular what was making money around that time and mm. i bet they would just looked at a couple of those movies and they were like let's get some of that in here yeah um and and it'll work yeah and we'll make money um and i do love it that, yeah, that they did get that opportunity to actually tell the story totally that's great yeah i mean that must have been very um vindicating yeah for them know, for them yeah um it had a limited run and it starred you know that guy from a very potter musical no the star kids no. anyway yeah <laughs> sorry he's he's become famous now should, do you want to talk a little bit about, like, go through some of the bits that I really didn't like? Yeah, let's, let's talk about whether it holds up. Um, short answer. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did it hold up at the time? 
No. No. Uh, <laughs> looking at the original reviews and look, looking back at it, watching it as a teenager, I don't think I would have picked up on yeah. how incredibly offensive it is. Yeah. Also, I feel like I've missed out on a couple of the big offensive chunks thanks to that scratch in the DVD. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Probably saved me a little bit. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of the worst things were... Well, this might not be the worst thing, but in my year 12 class a couple of years ago, we watched um, Me, Myself and Irene, mm. a terrible film. A film that does not hold up. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you don't have that on DVD, do you? No. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in that film, which is a typical trait of the Farrelly brothers, who yeah. we talked about a little bit yeah. before. As Oscar winners. As Oscar winners. Well, one of them won the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other one just gets his dick out at every occasion. Yeah, no, I think oh, it's the, the same Oscar one. winner won't oh, get his okay. dick out. Well, there's a correlation. Yeah. I see. Um, um, I think... they, they like like a bit of animal violence. And in Me, Myself, Irene, there's a scene with the cow where they run into the cow and they kill this cow. And then he's like kicking the cow. And there's just this whole scene where the cow's like not quite dead and he's trying to put him out of his misery. It goes for way too long. And it's all about this cow who's like n- not dying. Yeah. And then it's like the same scene is replicated in this film where. The Indian guy in the ice truck. The ice truck, sorry. I've been ice cream truck. About... You've been thinking about Dexter. I've been thinking about Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much replicated in this one scene where the Indian guy, Pushpap, um, runs over a cow and obviously he's distraught because the cow is sacred in his religion. Um, and then the cow is lying on the road. He's like putting flowers all around it. And then what happens? The bus of cult cultists cultists drive over it again. Drive over it again. It's like blood and guts everywhere. Yeah. Then the bikies. Group of bikies come through. And a random truck. A random truck comes through. So it's just like this absolute scene of gore and horror. And I guess it's meant to be funny. I, I think again, it could have been done better for laughs. But just the way that I think it's maybe too graphic, and it's just not again not well thought through. I it don't makes know me think. How, well, how could it ever be funny that that scene? Like a cow dying and it being a sacred animal. How is that ever going to be funny? I think just taking it to the extremes of, you can see like, and then this runs over and this runs over and it just gets ridiculous. Yeah. But it never quite got ridiculous. It was always a little bit too real. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And that might have been for several reasons. Maybe I think the performance there uh, was a bit more dramatic than comedic. The realistic nature of the violence, yeah. the, the, the goriness of the cow is pretty full on. Pretty full on. Yeah. Like you didn't need to see it. I no. don't think. But I think it, it could have been done. But again, it, I imagine this goes to a rush production. You yeah. know, we got that in the can. That's good enough. Yeah, fine. Yeah, we'll, move we'll on. Fix it. We'll edit it up to make it funny. Yeah, doesn't didn't. work that way. <laughs> you know. So that was one of the bits that I really didn't like. There were so many bits that I didn't like. Mm. I mean. Yeah. Shall I talk about the representation of women? Yeah, go for it. (laughs) It's not just the representation of women, I should say. The representation of gender Mm. as a whole. Yeah. Um, And I think this film is a part of that group of films that portrays men as um, being idiots and dumb, but still managing to get the girl and whatever. And then women as being very... Like, she didn't have much agency. She no. very much, like, went along. She didn't want to marry that guy. Not at all. But she was still willing to because he hadn't professed his love for her yet. And so yeah. she was just going to wait until he and came to his senses. Totally get that from a plot, using air quotes, because there's not much of a <laughs> plot perspective. That there's a, you know, she needs to be going away for a reason. But yeah. to, to be marrying Mark, he's yeah. like... She's so clearly unhappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, and thinks he's just a dickhead. Yeah, you're like, why? why? Yeah. <laughs> again, why? Yeah. And again, like, 
the representation of their father I had a real trouble with as well because yeah. it's like this over he had this overbearing mother very religious mother and the father just had absolutely no say so it's like again this stereotype of the woman being um, bitchy or um, mm. in con- like um, in control in control in a mm. negative way yeah. like too controlling too bitchy and the downtrodden in quotations again like the downtrodden um, husband and he's like oh you know, I, and then he he ultimately helps. He's meant to be likable because he ultimately helps his son. Where you're mm-hmm. like, you sat there that whole time knowing your son was fine, and you allowed this to happen. Yeah, like come on, that's it. It's but big win for I guess against norms at the end because they end up in some sort of polygamous relationship with <laughs> the bikey. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you live your true. freak self. <laughs> yeah, and they all looked much happier. They did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's very true yeah. so full, full marks yeah um but again it just shows that they forgot that they had that plot line and needed to tie it up <laughs> some way <laughs> the bit with the yeah the bit with the chinese diner and the um mud wrestling yeah thing just was like it was like okay okay yeah so he he goes he needs 500 dollars to Let, get yeah that's it let's try and set this up completely because the randomness of it yeah so he, he, he turns up in this town. And randomly comes across the taxi. And then the taxi is just like, inexplicitly, you need 500 bucks. To get to Niagara Falls. Yeah. And then a sign flashes behind him that says, $500 available here tonight. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just... Yeah, of course. There's just no... <laughs> no, but as they're meant to be, like... It's yeah, funny, but it's just so lazy, like, just in thinking, oh, fuck, what are we going to do here? Oh, he turns oh, yeah. around he and turns there around it is. And then, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he turns around, he goes in, he doesn't know what, how, what you have to do to get $500, yeah. but he just says there's like a group of people and there's this, um, the owner essentially of the bar is like, you know, has the microphone and is riling up the crowd and talking about what's going to happen, da, da, da. Yeah. And then Bubble Boy walks in and he's like, who's this guy? Da, 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 da. And then he's like, I want to win $500. And then they have this horrendous exchange that happens not only once, but happens again at the, at the end yeah. of the wedding where the owner of the bar is saying $500 or he's saying, um, do you want 500, you want $500, yeah. but he's saying it in a broad Chinese accent yeah. and yelling it. Cause he's trying to rile up the crowd till eventually Jimmy starts yelling it back in a very racist intim- imitation yes. of the accent. Uh, but why, why are there all these Chinese businessmen in this tiny town because in America? Because that's where they do mud wrestling with women. Why? <laughs> It's, it's almost as if someone said, hey, we've got some mud. Can we chuck it in today's shoot? Yeah, sure. Also, we found these two bikini-clad women. Great. Also, we have all these I think that was, extras that of was Asian part heritage. Of, that like, was part of trying to get the boobs in. Yeah, but but why Asian businessmen? Um, what, what, like, what? I don't know. I don't know. If I was a mind, I can imagine sitting there with my script and then seeing them filming that and being like, how are they going to fit that in there? Yeah. And then watching and going, oh, they fit it in like that. That. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, the film seems to be a whole lot of, like on the one hand, I was like, I guess it's good that some of these minority groups are getting work? Question mark? Mm. It's just really sad that the only work available to people from a Chinese background or little people, so it is part of the freak show, mm. the owner of the freak show was a little person. But- yeah, and and he like it's just so sad that 
the only way that they are, can be in films is to be made fun of and to be a laughing point. And that's just what I thought. That's what disappointed me most about that freak show scene. Yeah. Is there are actors in it who are living with a disability. Yes. And I feel like the original script really would have had a positive message yeah. about talking about how difference is a good thing. Yeah. But then clearly they just threw that all under the bus and said, now let's laugh at these people, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, because he, like, eventually this, the Dr. Freak, his name is, yeah. um, the leader of the freak show. How did you come up with that name. Oh my God, it's so <laughs> clever. <laughs> he gets, like, semi adopted by Jimmy's mum mm. when, as they're trying to find him and trying to hunt him down until they realize that Jimmy, they've found Jimmy, and then he gets kicked out of the car. Thrown out of the. In a fucking baby seat. Yeah. I was like, how? Why do they have the baby seat? Why do they have the baby seat? Why do you have in to a put? Car they stole. Is it is it funny that a little person is the same size? Like what what is the joke here? Like I just it's just so it doesn't make any sense. It babe. doesn't, and it's awful. And I can't imagine being subjected to that. I guess, but also can't imagine being on that shoot and being like, this is a good idea. But it's just the double punch too, because you really feel like that script had some initially good stuff to say. I didn't. I didn't. Think that but i didn't know yeah, about the writers it, yeah. yeah it's just such a weird film i think yeah forget it's forgettable oh, i'm probably 100%. i'm never gonna think about it again after this no i wouldn't mind seeing the musical oh yeah true yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. but you could definitely know. i think come to that musical and uh enjoy it without having known the source material but that does bring me to another point of contention with this film yes the the fact that this movie was based on a john travolta Tally movie, basically, ah. like the idea from it about a boy that had to live in a bubble, yep. because it, which was based on a real life story. Yes, I've got a lot of information about the real life story, yeah. so I can um, talk about, about that. A, a tragic story about a boy who lived, who was born without um, abilities to fight disease, so yep. uh, with a lack of immunities, as it said in this film, who tragically died when he was twelve. Twelve, yeah. And so yeah, hate to be part of that family and watch this I as know. a representation. Of your child's life. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just so removed. It is so removed. Yeah. Can I talk a little bit about that? Yeah, go. I think that's a good time to bring that up. Um, Yeah, so his name was um, David Vedder, and he lived until he was 12, like you said. And he literally – I've put a link up um, on the Facebook page, but it is fascinating if you want to have a look because there is so much of this film, especially the bubble suit and – where he was living in his um, when he was where he was living in his home in his room, um, that is just completely taken from this real boy's life. Have you seen these images? Yeah, yeah. So the gloves that people use, like he literally lived his whole life in a plastic bubble until they tried to do a, a bone marrow transplant when he was um, twelve years old, uh, but it didn't go well, and then he died shortly afterwards. So, and all of the all of his suits and everything was created by NASA. So that's really interesting. Like there's just a, it's just a fascinating story about how, you know, science got around this family. It's not an unknown disease. It's not actually, I mean, it is rare, but it's not that rare. It's called severe combined immunodeficiency or SCID. And at the moment, babies in America and in New Zealand are screened for it as part of the normal screening tests that they do on newborns but in australia they aren't and when i was like doing a little bit of research i found that in i think in around 2018 there was like a big kind of push for that to become a part of the normal screening tests by doctors but i don't think it has so yeah it's it's a real thing and 
it's really fascinating and sad that children can be born without any kind of capacity to develop immunity. Mm. And I think it mostly happens in boys as well. But yeah, have a look into it. There's a documentary on the case of David Vedder called The Boy in the Bubble. So yeah, if you can get your hands on that, I think it would be a pretty fascinating watch. Yeah. And that was in the 70s when... And he, yeah, he was nicknamed Bubble Boy. So a lot of that inspiration for the film and for the... Well, not for the film, but I guess for the script. Yeah, well, I think that's just the weirdest thing is that I guess this film was inspired by the John Travolta tally movie, which was based on David Vedder's story. Yeah. So it's the memories, I guess, of the writers who have already talked, which may be shortchanged, but I guess the, the people making the film in general... Yeah. ...of the John Travolta film... Yeah. ...and not the original... How, what, is the John Travolta film... It's a drama. It's, it's a not, drama. It's not a yeah, comedy. okay, yeah. So... Yeah, so, I mean, there's multiple was, layers. It's like getting twist, it. more and more twisted and more and more... Yeah. yeah. So that was, a, that was a big hit as a television film that yeah. a lot of people watched, and especially this generation of filmmakers would have watched growing up. Yeah. And that's what built the idea of this, but because it's become that extra level of removed, it, uh, uh, it becomes, I feel, very offensive when you start to think of it as a real thing. And I had no idea about it I actually I had no idea either. Until yeah. after I'd finished watching it, yeah. um, my wife said, oh, so is that based on the David Vedder thing? And I was like, what? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, she knew about it. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, it's she, really yeah. fascinating. He's such a sweet little kid. And then what mm. a hard thing for the family to go through. Um, yeah. It did remind me a lot of... Have you seen the Tropfest film called The Story of Bubble Boy? No. It was a Tropfest film in 2006. Um, and it's really good. It's much better than this. <laughs> <laughs> How do you clear such a high bar? Um, it's about a boy who wraps himself in bubble wrap. Or when I say a boy, like, why are we saying boy? They're young adults. Mm. Yeah. He wraps himself in bubble wrap. Yeah, because he's scared. But oh. it's got, it's like set to a poem. Yeah. It's really good. I'll put it on the Facebook page. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. I recommend just going onto YouTube and typing in the story of Bubble Boy Tropfest and you'll see this short film. It's really interesting. It's like about being scared of the outside world, mm. like we all are. Um, what else do we have to talk about with Bubble Boy? Strong memory for me was it reminded me of the early career of Jake Gyllenhaal and only ever really seeing his name in print and never hearing it pronounced because reading Empire <laughs> magazines and stuff as he was becoming more and more famous and things. Geigen. 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 Yeah. I say Gyllenhaal. Yeah. What do you say? I think I... Because now that you're saying Gyllenhaal, I think that's right. Yeah. But I sometimes pronounce the G hard, so Gyllenhaal. Oh, okay. Gyllenhaal. But I think you're right. I think right. it's Gyllenhaal. Yeah. But, oh, just reading that, and I remember being like, Gyllenhaal. <laughs> like, you know, just... It's hard for oh, us. It is. Yeah, you know? <laughs> um, well, you know, Bubble Boy, I don't know. Don't watch it. That's my recommendation. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone will. I don't think there's any reason to. No. Does that mean this is... I've, I've been thinking about this. I always find it hard, because I don't like... Oh. getting rid of things oh we're getting to the part of the the declutter is coming up like obviously this isn't going to be a keeper um, no but what kind of but throw what away? kind of throw away like the only one that we've destroyed so far is dude where's my car yep and I personally am going out there on record and saying this is not as offensive as dude where's my car again I'm setting a, a low bar it's not as offensive no yeah however you know we are going to have to make some choices it's not as offensive in some ways, but in others More it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it depends on what group of people you look at it being offensive to. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I would burn it. You think it's time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I, it's so. I always feel so wasteful when something gets thrown I out. I know. But, but it's not getting thrown out. It's getting recycled. That's it. 
It's and, getting recycled. You know, Jake Gyllenhaal has lived to see another day. He sure has. And we'll come across him again. And I think we've juiced all the good stuff out of this completely, including finding out that the musical exists. Yeah. And just that line from the director. just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why am I here? I, I think it sums it up. <laughs> um, all right, then. Bubble Boy. See you later. In the bin. In the bin. We need, like, a, a trashy sound. Like <laughs> a, a toilet a, flush. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Oh. If only we were on the radio. Yeah. Well. And I'm not going to even say to listeners to uh, write in and say if they want it because I think I'm just saving you. I don't think you've gone straight wants to it. the bin today. I think so. But you should go and look up the story of David Vedder because that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. And also the story of Bubble Boy. Oh, the good news about mm. um, severe combined immunodeficiency is that nowadays it is treatable. Brilliant. So you won't have to live in a bubble mm. if you have it. But full on. It feels so. It feels so extreme that it can't be real. Yeah, that's just it, and that's why I was so shocked when my wife told me about David Vedder. Yeah. That I was like, "What? Like this film's yeah, cooked, stupid." Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a stupid movie. It I think that a sums very it up. Stupid movie. All right, I'm done talking about it. You've been listening to DVD Clutter. If you want to get in touch with us, yes, get onto do. our Twitter. Get onto our Instagram. Get onto our Facebook page at DVD Clutter. That's D E V. Fuck. That is D-V-D-E-C-L-U-T-T-E-R. You can also email us at dvdclutter at gmail.com. Yeah. And the other thing that we really need you to do... Is look, do the Pledge of Allegiance yeah. while you wait for your stiffy to go down. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever get that reference because they're not going to watch this movie. Okay, um, no, but what we need you to do is to get online, rate, review... And subscribe. And subscribe. We watch the statistics every week and we know that we've got a solid audience out there listening to us. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so, so much. That's awesome. And we want that DVD kind of family to grow. So the best <laughs> way to do that is to rate and review us, get us up the charts. Please do. Please do. Um, would be much appreciated. But thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, we fucked it up. We can leave it. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs>